Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome to the first week of Lent. This is for February 18th, 2018, and welcome back. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope that you're having a wonderful week. I know this brings on the early busyness of the Lenten season, which is always a busy one, but I think this is a really important time, and as we kind of set the stage here through Epiphany, I think we'll find that this is something that we really kind of got to dig into. So, as we get into it, I want to, again, thank you in for tuning in. Thank you for the feedback that I've been getting back. If you haven't sent feedback in, I'd love to hear your feedback. It's what makes this podcast this podcast, and it helps me be able to give you content that's going to better suit you as the listener, be as the preacher or be it as a lay minister, I would say lay leaders in your in your congregation. And I think that's really important. So also want to get into this is during the Olympics. And I know this doesn't fully tie in, but I will definitely say if you haven't gotten the opportunity at least tune in for a little bit and tune into the Olympics. For me, there's a couple of reasons why. One, from a science standpoint, it is absolutely amazing to watch what the human body can do in peak physical condition. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, I actually ended up watching a video this week talking about if you've been watching figure skating and how quads, quad jumps have been the big thing and how that might be the physical peak of uh, what the human can do on figure skates. Uh, I can attach that video down below. It's it's actually incredible. And to think that we maybe are at literally the pinnacle of what the human body could do uh, with spinning is incredible. So one, that part. Two, for me, it's also watching the pure excitement and pure joy from somebody working extremely hard for an extended period of time where the cameras weren't on or very few cameras were on. And to see all that hard work pay off and that, that raw emotion that comes with that. But for me, I think the, the bigger point that the Olympics bring out, and it, for me, it's always been even since I was a young child, just for a couple weeks, the world becomes a smaller place and the world for a moment seems to just stop and remember that we're all people. No matter where we're from, no matter what country we, we pay homage to, we're all people. And I think in a world today that we love moving faster and faster, I think it's a moment to really reflect on that and really think about that. And I think it ties in actually really well with Lent, uh, thinking about and reflecting on that we are just humans and, and what that all means. And we'll kind of dig into that definitely this week. So, again, thanks for tuning in. Again, I want to thank you, uh, Sermon Brainways podcast and Working Preacher. You guys give me so much depth to work with and I think I'm going to be taking this a little bit differently than most people will uh, but I I love having this resource that I can turn to to listen to to help me kind of guide me in this pursuit <laughs> as I go into this and, I, and it's so awesome if you haven't checked them out it's really worth checking out so as we get into it this week we are digging into the one Gospel text in Mark, if you look through the beginning of the year uh, from in chapter 1, we've really missed one small section. We're going to go over that this week. It's Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 15. This is where we have Mark's interpretation of the temptation, which is extremely short. We have the ending of the baptism of Jesus, so we have that. We have the descending like a dove that we have, you are my son, 
the beloved with with you I am well pleased. But then we get the new verses, and this is where the Spirit immediately drove him into the wilderness. And for 40 days he was tempted by Satan and was with the wild beasts, which is generally interpreted as just the wild animals, and the angels waited on him. Now after and now it gets into what's gone on while he's doing this. John is arrested because he keeps preaching. And he says, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. So here's John again, passing the torch on to Jesus. And so we just get this a couple weird verses, but I think it's it's super important. And it's kind of definitely one of the things we always get in Lent is the temptation of Jesus. And we're going to get into that a little bit in a unique way because we have our first reading is from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 17. And this is where God is laying out for Noah the, the promise of the rainbow. So he, he get, you know talks about how he's not going to flood the earth like this again and that he's placing a, a rainbow in the sky, a, a bow in the sky for, for us to be a constant reminder. And this is one of the things that, for me, I found super interesting and I'm super excited about what I found to kind of convey how, so far, how much this promise has been fulfilled. Super interesting. Then we also have a beautiful psalm, which I know I say every week, but Psalms is such a great book. Chapter 25, verses 1 through 10. And it's this total repentance psalm and how... The Lord will guide you if you just let him. Totally worth a read. Totally worth a read. It's even the first verse, first two verses here. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. O my Lord, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my envious assault over me. Just beautiful words. Beautiful words. Totally it change a pace for this week. And then we get this reading out of 1 Peter. Chapter 3, verses 18 through 22. And if you're reading this for your congregation, I'm sorry. First Peter, he has a major run-on sentence in here uh, as he's trying to set this whole thing up. And he's trying, he's tying in the suffering of Christ, the baptism of Jesus, the rainbow, and how this has all kind of been done for you and the amazingness of what Christ did for us. Really interesting little read kind of tying everything together and I see why this is here uh, but we're probably going to dig into more of the gospel reading and the first reading this week and so the interesting fact that I found with for the first reading is the obvious thing is looking at the rainbow and if you've listened to stuff with space exploration one of the biggest things that they look for is water and the reason that is, is because it's one of the essential things that's considered that's needs that's needed for life. And so as I was kind of just doing a basic Google search, they haven't been able to find liquid water, which would be needed because you need that evaporation process and to kind of break it down. If you've, if you've seen like a prism in your house 
and you know how the prism works and that the sunlight comes through it and then you get rainbows on the wall and it's it's refracting the light uh to to cast to break down the the light so really to give you a, a brief thing if you aren't as familiar with how light works what we see as just white light from the sun isn't white light to put it bluntly it's actually all spectrums of light so we have blue light and green light and yellow light and red light all the colors of the rainbow are all coming at us at once and so we're only perceiving it as a white light and that's not entirely what's happening and actually again if there's something you really want to look into it's really interesting on a side note is how different animals see light different animals can see different things some can see like in the infrared spectrum which we can't uh so they so they actually perceive and see light differently than we do and as a person who does photography it's absolutely fascinating thinking about how people even just with the abilities and disabilities that our eyes have how people may or may not be seeing color the same way and it's actually something i've spent some time thinking about it's really interesting but so in order to have a rainbow we have to have these water molecules or something in the air that's going to refract the light and what we're finding on a lot of these on the planets and stuff that we've been able to find that this hasn't been the case the closest thing that we found and I will attach the article again down below and is coming from NASA and a few years back they knew one of the moons of Jupiter had at least some type of liquid on it and they were perceiving it as water and upon further investigation it's not water it is liquid methane uh and what that does is actually they talk about how if it do have rainbows on this moon the bow would actually be different it, it'd have a, a higher pitch i'd have a different angle um but the issue the interesting thing with it is it's a hazy plant moon so they say the chances of it actually happening is probably a very rare occurrence because again with that refracting of light you need to have where you don't have a ton of atmosphere in there to disrupt the rainbow it needs to be like what we see as kind of these blue skies we need to be able to have where the light can you know pass through easily and this and this moon doesn't have that so this covenant so far that of what god gave to noah we haven't been able to see it anywhere else so i think again it's just showing how much these covenants that god made with us are so important and so deeply rooted into what god wants for us and how much he means to us that so far we haven't been able to find this we haven't found this anywhere else and so that's kind of an interesting good news if you want to put it that way of the day the second thing thinking about this gospel text and thinking about the temptation 
it's kind of a hard thing just to pin down on, you know, what, where does, where do we see this in science? And, and I took it a couple different ways and kind of molded around. But the thing that kind of came up and I think is the easiest example of this is carnivorous plants. And so the carnivorous plant that most of us probably think of is the Venus flytrap. There's even been plays written about it. Um, it's that it that and that's a good one. And, and I'll definitely reference that one. I think the other one that I'll reference just because I'm more familiar with it is pitcher plants. And I'll put a video down in the, you know the description here of some additional carnivorous plants from around the world. So if you haven't seen a Venus flytrap, a Venus flytrap has, think of it kind of like a hinge, and you have two leaves that are on a hinge with very sensitive hairs on the inside of the hinge, and it's opened up, and when they usually pr produce some type of like aroma uh, that's that lures in different insects mostly, and when that happens, there's very sensitive hairs on the inside of this hinge or inside of their leaves. And so when they when they hit these sensitive hairs, the leaves will collapse upon themselves coming together. So like you're folding your hands type of thing. And essentially then it has different amino acids and different things to break down the insect that's in there. Essentially trapping and then using that as a food source along with, you know, chlorophyll and different things like that. Pitcher plants are a little bit different. In pitcher plants, there's kind of various different types of them. It's kind of these big leaves that kind of create like a old school pitcher where it has a, a long skinny neck and down in there can hold water. And so what a lot of them will do is that it has water or it has an aroma along with that. And so the insect gets lured in in the aspect that they either are tempted to the smell or thinking there might be nectar down there. And then they fly in there or just plain water. They fly in there and they're waxy on the inside. Or there's hairs that are slippery that force them down so that they get stuck in the water. And then again, there'll be bacteria and different things to help break down this insect so that it can be nutrients to the plant. And why, you know, why bring this up with this reading? And I think this is kind of an interesting thing to think about in the aspect that we see this even in nature, that, you know, there's these lures, these traps that they set down so that they can to live and survive. And the important thing that we get, not as much from this reading, but you can even still say from the Marx reading here is that he's tempted. He didn't fall to the temptation of Satan. And we get that in the other Gospels more definitely. Definitively probably is a better word of saying it. And so if put ourselves in, in the mindset that we're these little insects and that God in this case knows all these traps knows all these pitfalls. He knows what's going to happen because he helped create them. But again, he also knows where not to go. And if you think about like, like think about like the bees that we talked about a couple weeks ago, they have a goal of getting that honey, getting that nectar 
to bring back, you know, the nectar to bring back so that they can survive. And I think there's a lot of times that this is correlates decently well with our lives and the aspect that we we think about these things, we we do these things thinking that it's going to, it's not a big deal or it will help us in some other way. And I think it, it even brings up this beautiful thing of the slippery slope with a waxy coating that it that once we get into it, it's very difficult to get out. And that's where, again, having the Spirit, having the Lord in our lives is this, this thing that pulls us through, that gets us through. And as we're getting into Lent, for me, there's kind of always been two sides to Lent. Lent is always a reflective period. And a lot of people with that reflection like giving up something for Lent. And I and I get that. It's cool. Give up chocolate, give up whatever. So be it. But one of the things that I've done multiple times, and I think it's actually interesting and it's a different spin on it, and I'm, most of you probably have heard it, is do something for Lent. Do something different. Christ did something for us. Why not do something for him? And I think in this time, as we're preparing for these, preparing for Lent, as Lent's literally right around the corner, as I'm recording this on the 12th and the 14th is Ash Wednesday, I think of this as a major reflection time. Thinking about and reflecting on what are things that that I can work on, that I can, can grow in. What are different things that maybe God's calling and working with me in? Where am I being tempted and I'm not realizing it yet? You know, and, and if insects can fall beholden to a plant <laughs> that if you think about it, plants in a lot of insects lives are a major life source their protection their food they shade them just like us you know there's a major th- reliance on plants but that you would even have own plants that would betray them for their own gain you know, that, that's something to, to think about, to consider. And, and it, it's not even just carnivorous plants. And I'll put, again, another link. It was an, an Iceland farmer, sheep farmer, I found a video on. And he was he's complaining about a, a buxberry, I think it was. And that what he was noticing is he was arguing that it was a carnivorous plant. And I wouldn't quite go that far, but I think he makes an interesting argument. In the aspect that the plant has angled thorns so that as you walked in further these sheep that they couldn't get out and the only ones that could get in and out easily were young lambs who didn't have enough developed uh, wool or freshly sheared lambs but essentially that it would lure them in and then they couldn't get out and the and the sheep would literally stand there waiting for either someone to cut them out or to die starve to death um, because they don't, they can't get out and there's nothing that they can do. And so again, it, it, it's putting this idea of the good shepherd to use there, that there might be things that the toils and snares of life that we might get pulled in the temptation of maybe some different grass that looks good and that we have this good shepherd who's going to pull us through. And so you know, in these this time, I always think of Lent as kind of a dark, reflective time. Maybe we have to be wary. We have to think about what is being luring us in. What is luring us in? And, and there are a lot of places where 
plants or animals or people do things and that's where I look at the optimism of like the Olympics where there's a lot of times that we're not seeing that and we also for us have this good news that Christ is there that if we we do our best to avoid the temptations and that if we do because we we have this belief and know that Christ is this dove Christ is this peaceful man who's going to help us out of these situations that we can trust him entirely so again i thank you for tuning in listening to the podcast please give me feedback i love hearing it it helps me move this forward make it more beneficial to you and i pray that god blesses you with your faith and amazes you through science